Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 9 Sheer exhaustion outweighed their uncomfortable surroundings and empty stomachs. Beverly and Tommy slept soundly against each other on the back seat. Around them, the forest was quiet, save for the chirping of the early birds. Morning sun cut through the trees, the motes of light creating a picture of serenity. As the light played across Beverly's face, she felt its warmth and it radiated throughout her body. She stretched and let out a contented moan, feeling her son next to her. She opened her eyes and watched a bird flit on a branch above her, outside the window. A second passed, and then realization hit her. Beverly bolted upright in the seat and looked around. No longer appreciating the serenity, she looked through the bars to the front seat. There was nobody there. She looked out the windows on all sides, but only dappled sunlight and trees met her gaze. She noticed the back window was open. She was debating her next move when she heard a rifle's report in the distance. Like a runner hearing the starter pistol, Beverly climbed over the back seat and threw herself out the rear window. She ran around to the front driver's side, and pulled open the door. Where would a crazy son of a bitch hide a spare set of keys? She said, checking the visors and under the seats. Behind her, in the back seat, Tommy came awake. He rubbed his eyes and saw his mother in the front seat. Leaning forward, he pressed his face against the bars. What are you doing, Mom? Tommy said, still half asleep. Beverly looked back at her son, then continued to search for the keys. We're getting the hell out of here, that's what, she said. Tommy rubbed his eyes and sat back in the seat. I have to pee, Tommy said. Beverly didn't answer as she leapt for the glove compartment. She flung open the door and rifled through the stacks of wrinkled papers. Not finding the keys, Beverly slumped defeated in the driver's seat. Did you hear me, Mom? I said I have to pee. Tommy said. Still not paying attention, Beverly looked at Tommy in the rearview mirror. Hey, Tommy, your dad was always showing you stuff about his job. Did he ever show you how to hotwire a car? Beverly asked. Tommy stared sleepily out his window. Hotwiring a car isn't part of dad's job. Why would he ever show me that? Tommy said. Beverly chewed her lip. Besides, why do you need to hotwire the car? The keys are in the ignition, Tommy said nonchalantly. Beverly looked down in surprise at the steering column. Sitting in the ignition were the keys. Of course, why would he take them? He doesn't think we're real, she said with a sneer. Hold on, Tommy, we're getting out of here, 
but I have to pee, Tommy said as the engine sprang to life. He was thrown forward into the front seat as Beverly put the Jeep in reverse and hit the gas. We'll find a rest stop later, Tommy. Now buckle up, she said. Pointing the Jeep the way they came in, Beverly began the rough, meandering journey back to where she thought the highway was. On a rocky overlook, Jacob drew a line through a name in his ledger. He was about to look back through his scope when he heard a familiar noise. Casting his head back to the woods, he heard the sound begin to dissipate. Somebody was stealing his jeep. Jacob jumped up and ran into the woods. Beverly bounced over fallen branches and half-hidden rocks as she steered through the trees. She emerged onto a relatively clear stretch, and her confidence soared. It ebbed away as she heard the engine cut off. She gripped the wheel and looked down at the RPM indicator on the dash. It confirmed what she already knew. The needle was buried below the zero. She reached down and tried to start the jeep to no avail. Um, Mom? Tommy said. Beverly looked back at Tommy, then forward at what he was pointing at. Standing in the forest in front of them was the sheriff, holding something in his hand. For the second time that morning, Beverly slumped defeated in her seat. She began to panic when she saw him approach the driver's side and fling it open. She tried to back away and fight him off at the same time, but he was too strong and too quick. He reached in and grabbed her left wrist and dragged her from the vehicle. Pulling her along after him, he opened the back driver's side passenger door and flung her in. Inside, Tommy tried to get out of the way as his mother fell over him. Once inside, the man slammed the door behind her. He went around to the back and reached for a couple of cable tie restraints. Beverly saw what he was going for and tried to fight him over the back seat. He jumped in and held her right wrist tight. He flinched at the barrage of slaps and punches Beverly threw at him as she struggled. Next to her, Tommy screamed and threw punches of his own. Don't hurt my mom, you asshole, he said. Seconds later, the man backed away from her as she let out a tortured, angry scream. She lunged at him but did not make it far, her right hand held securely to the bars by the tightly pulled cable tie. Seeing his mom's arm secured, Tommy lunged at the bars and tried to free her. His efforts were interrupted by the man's harsh injection. Hey, he said. Tommy turned startled and looked at him. The man gestured for Tommy's right hand. Dejected, Tommy slumped back in the seat and held up his arm. No, you fucking bastard, Beverly said as she watched him cable tie Tommy's wrist to the handhold above his head. Seeming satisfied that they were secure, the man climbed back out of the jeep. Beverly and Tommy watched as he turned and walked back through the forest, disappearing into the trees. Chapter 10 It stinks, Tommy said for perhaps the fifth time. Beverly rubbed her nose and kept her vigil through the windows. I know it does, Tommy but I'm trying to teach someone a lesson, okay? Hopefully it won't be for much longer, she said. Tommy looked in the back of the jeep to where the empty can of stew sat on the sheriff's footlocker. 
what's the lesson you're trying to teach him? He said. That we are real, and so are the consequences for kidnapping us, Beverly said. Tommy looked from the can to his mom, then back to the can. What about if you have to go? I think that was our only can, he said. Beverly leaned her head against the glass and closed her eyes. Then you turn your head while I drop trowel and pee all over his front seat, she said. Tommy looked at his mom and scrunched up his face. Ew, mom, he said. Tommy pulled the top of his shirt up over his nose and slumped back down in the seat. After several seconds, he pulled his shirt away and a sly grin crossed his face. Beverly noticed. What? I know that look, she said. If that can were a nut, what kind would it be? He said. Beverly stared at him with a blank expression. Tommy's grin grew broader. A pecan! Get it? A pecan? He said. Beverly's face fell in mild disgust at the corny joke, which only made Tommy laugh all the more. After a moment, she began to laugh too. Several hours later, the sun began its descent. Inside the jeep, Beverly squirmed in her seat, legs crossed in visible discomfort. Tommy eyed her nervously. Don't do it, Mom, he said. Beverly squeezed her legs a little tighter. I make no guarantees, Tommy, but let's not talk about it, okay? She said. Tommy nodded. Just when she thought she was going to have to make good on her threat, she saw Jacob approaching through the trees. He went around and opened up the back of the jeep, placing his rifle inside. He was about to unlock the footlocker when the scent hit him. He wrinkled up his nose and stared at the nearly full can of Tommy's urine sitting on top of the locker. Glancing up, he saw two sets of eyes staring at him over the back seat. Tommy's were full of questioning. Beverly's full of defiance. You like to imagine things like we're not real? Imagine that can of piss is your stew, asshole, Beverly said. Jacob gave a disgusted sneer at Beverly, then stood up and went around to the driver's side. Beverly rocked back and forth in her seat as Tommy watched her. If he doesn't let us out of here in about three seconds, the smell is fixing to get a lot worse, she said. Tommy looked afraid. He mouthed the words, No. Sorry, son, it's about to be out of my hands, Beverly said. No sooner had she spoken than her door was pulled open and Jacob reached in with a large knife. Tommy screamed as Beverly tried to fend the sheriff off. Jacob struggled with her before finally reaching up and cutting her loose. He went around to the other side and did the same for Tommy. Beverly called to her son, and he crawled out of the jeep on her side. Beverly took Tommy's hand and ran into the woods. The running didn't help at all, and with every step of the way, Beverly felt like her bladder was going to burst. When she thought she had gotten far enough away, she stopped and looked around. Everything was quiet in the gathering dusk. Keep an eye out, Tommy, she said. Tommy turned and looked around for any sign of pursuit. All was quiet. Seconds later, the preternatural silence was interrupted 
by the subtle sound of a steady stream of liquid hitting the ground. Beverly let out a long sigh of relief. From the other side of the tree, she heard Tommy. Mom, are you peeing? he said. Beverly grunted. Don't worry about what I'm doing, Tommy. Are you keeping an eye out? she said. Beverly stood and buttoned her pants. As she did so, another sound disturbed the silence of the forest. The jeep's engine grew louder as it approached. Beverly called out in a hissing whisper, Tommy! Tommy didn't answer as he kept low and continued to look for any sign of the jeep. Beverly was about to call out again when her breath caught in her throat. Behind her, but still some distance away, the jeep lumbered past them over the uneven terrain. Beverly froze, not daring to move or look back. The jeep did not slow as it moved past. After several seconds, the sound of the engine began to fade away, and the natural silence of the woods returned. "'Tommy!' she whispered as loud as she dared. She was about to call again when Tommy appeared from behind a tree. He looked behind his mother at the ground. "'You did pee! I knew it!' Beverly looked chagrined. "'Yeah, well, I had to go,' she said. Tommy started giggling at his mother. "'Hey, I didn't laugh at you when you peed in a can,' she said. "'Well, what did you use for toilet paper?' Tommy asked. Beverly playfully slapped him on the shoulder. "'Don't you worry about it. "'Now, come on, we've got to get out of here,' she said. Tommy started another round of laughing as he moved ahead of his mother through the trees. Beverly smiled in spite of herself. "'Talk about being almost caught with your pants down!' I am so telling Dad what you did, Tommy said. Tommy's words cut through to her heart, and her smile fled away. She stopped and stared after her son as he ran and jumped through the trees. The happy moment evaporated. They had laughed, and in that laughter she had forgotten the way the world had become, forgot that their best hope of a life was far away at the other end of a stranger's broadcast, and forgot that the love of her life and father to her son, was gone. She was now reminded anew that she had neither the luxury of a gravesite nor the confidence that death was truly the end for Mark. She knew she would have to tell Tommy, but had convinced herself now was not the time. As she again started through the trees, she thought that it was getting easier and easier to tell herself that. Following her son, she knew in her broken heart it would only be that much harder on both of them, when that time did come. Beverly lagged behind a jubilant Tommy as he skipped and ran through the woods. It was too late to call him when she saw the jeep through the trees. It was parked by the side of the road, but she could not see the sheriff. A new worry and concern welled up inside her and exploded from her chest. Tommy, get away from there, she said, even as she broke into a run towards the road. She could see Tommy motionless by the jeep. Seconds later, she burst from the tree line, expecting the worst. But the worst didn't happen. There was no menacing figure who had caught them in a trap of false security. There was only the jeep, its tailgate down. On the tailgate were two opened cans of stew, a spoon in each one. Beverly stared at the food, and her stomach rumbled. Tommy looked up at his mother. Can we, Mom? I'm pretty hungry, he said.
Beverly pulled her son to her side and looked inside the jeep. The man sat motionless in the front seat, his hands on the steering wheel. He made no move to get out and did not turn to look at them. Go wait over there, Tommy, Beverly said, pointing some distance down the highway and away from the jeep. Tommy began to protest. Tommy! Beverly shouted, her voice sounding more harsh than she intended. Please don't argue with me now, okay? She said, softening her tone, but keeping it firm. Tommy slumped and walked off a little ways from the jeep. Beverly looked around on the ground and found a stout branch. She picked it up and tested the weight of it in her hands. Satisfied, she moved out onto the highway and began to approach the driver's side window. She saw the sheriff's hand still resting on the steering wheel. As she approached, Beverly debated what she would do if she saw those hands move. As she drew closer, she could see the sheriff's profile. He sat in the seat, the rest of his body as motionless as his hands. He stared straight ahead, not acknowledging her approach. Beverly kept a tight grip on the branch and tried to appear menacing. Hey, asshole! What are you doing there? She said. After several seconds, the man spoke. His voice was level and low. You haven't eaten since I picked you up. I thought you might be hungry. Beverly huffed. Yeah, if picked up, you mean kidnapped. You tied us in the back of your jeep for a whole day, Beverly said. The man seemed nonplussed. You did try to steal my jeep, he said. Beverly screwed up her face. You were acting like some kind of serial killer creepo who wouldn't talk to us. What did you mean when you asked, are we real? Only somebody with a loose hold on reality would ask something like that, you know? I've got a son to think about, Beverly said. The man sighed but still did not turn to face her. The two engaged in a standoff for several long seconds. He staring straight ahead, she staring at the side of his face, and brandishing the tree branch. Finally, he spoke. So are you going to eat the food? Beverly blinked and she tried to counter the seemingly innocuous question. She took a step closer and pointed the branch at him. Did you poison it? She said. This time, the man did turn and looked at her with an expression of agitated incredulity. Beverly was chagrined as his expression brought the full weight of the paranoia of her question down on her. She stood staring at him a few seconds more, her body language betraying her inner struggle between hunger and safety. Yeah, well, you just stay put. The only reason I'm doing this is because my son is hungry. You so much as get out of this car, I'll bash your brains all over the highway. You understand? Beverly said. The man turned his head and faced front again. Beverly waited another several seconds more before returning to the rear of the jeep. Tommy saw his mom get to the back of the jeep, and he came running over, even before she gave the all-clear. Is it safe? he said. Beverly handed him one of the cans of stew and kept an eye on the front of the jeep as she ate her own. Seeing his mom eat, Tommy dove hungrily into his own can. Even though it was cold, the stew reminded her just how hungry she was. As she ate, her gaze focused more on the contents of the can and less on the front of the jeep. Her lethal tree branch rested forgotten against the tailgate. 
She was almost done eating when she heard the driver's side door open. In a flash, she put the can down on the tailgate and grabbed her branch with her right hand, pushing Tommy behind her with her left. The man moved down the length of the jeep and stopped just before the tailgate. He stood and looked at the two of them. My name is Jacob, Jacob Miller, not asshole. I'm headed west for a little while if you want to ride. I promise not to tie you up, he said. Beverly stood still, mulling his words over in her mind. Yeah, well, okay, as long as you don't act like a creep or try to tie us up, she said. For the second time, she felt chagrined as she realized he agreed to her terms before she made them. Jacob stared at her and let it sink in. Yeah, okay was all she could think to say to salvage her tough exterior. Jacob turned and made his way to the front of the jeep. Don't you want to know our names? Beverly said. Jacob stopped but did not turn around. You're Beverly and your son is Tommy. You already told me. I never forget a name or a face, he said, then opened his door and climbed behind the wheel. He sat inside the jeep waiting as Beverly and Tommy finished their meal.